0: Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is helping others without giving of yourself. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo.
1: Today, I want to talk about substance. Paul's epistle to the Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Today I want to talk about substance. It's a beautiful word. And I want to talk about why we are afraid. Why are we afraid, anxious, nervous, fearful? Why do things upset us? Why are we afraid to move, to do things? What happened to the spontaneity you once had when you were a little child? Let's talk about that today, about fear and about overcoming fear and gaining self-confidence. Everyone wants to have self-confidence. They want to get rid of self-doubt, fear, anxiety, be able to move freely well, let's talk about that. That's a beautiful word, substance. There used to be an expression a long time ago. I don't know if you remember, but they talked about someone being a man of substance, a man of substance. You remember that? And we also talk about the substance of faith. Well, let's talk about the substance of courage, because that's what you need. Now, admit it. That's what you need, Take a look at your anxieties, your fears, your dreads, your evasions, you know, where you can't face something and then pretend, call in sick even though you're not sick, afraid to face someone, face something. It can get to the point where people are afraid to go out the door, afraid to go to work. You have this anxiety, this fear, this dread. What's that all about? Well, you want to know it has a metaphysical origin, of course, then by extension, psychological and physical, biological, but the essence of it is metaphysical. It's lack of faith, lack of courage, and lack of love. That's the reason. Now, in the animal world, the world of nature, you know, when two animals fight, one wins and the other loses. And the one that wins takes the spoils, takes the substance. Takes the life of the other animal sometimes, doesn't it? You know, if you have a a fox hunting the rabbit, if the rabbit doesn't get away, then the fox eats its substance. When you have two animals fighting, the one that wins takes the energy from the other, even if it doesn't eat it. And it somehow gains in substance. Then you have the leader of the pack, which is ahead of the others because the others were defeated by it, or fear that they will be defeated and they dare not challenge it. And so it it somehow gains in substance. So to the victor go the spoils. There's another expression, the spoils, the substance. So look at yourself now, if you're like most people. You go around and you give your substance to everyone. You give your substance to to buy music, to buy entertainment. You give your substance to treat yourself to some fast food fare. You give your substance to buy clothes, makeup, and all kinds of things that you don't really need. You give your substance, and you go to work, and you give your substance to, to play another man's game you give your substance. And so, having given your substance, you have very little left. But unless you find the secret path to salvation, where you can flow from love, from love energy, and unless you can find the substance of faith, and the substance of courage, then you have no substance. Because what natural substance you have, you use up, you give away spend, and other people take it when you are defeated, when you become resentful, when you become angry. See? So now let's talk about how you can regain the substance of courage, the substance of faith, the substance of love. And with the microphones, I, people ask, no, I don't have a church. I do not have a church. All that would do is cramp my style, and besides, I want to set you free, not tie you down with more church, more doctrines, more obligations, more labels. People say, I'm a this, or I'm a that, or I'm a that, or I'm a this. All it does is divide you up from the commonality, the brotherhood and sisterhood of humankind. That's all it does. I don't need any labels. I'm just a person and I open my mouth and I talk. And if what I say strikes a responsive chord, then that's good. There's a beautiful passage in the Bible, the Gospel of John, I think, where he talks about the Word made flesh. Well, faith made flesh, is the substance of courage. And love, made flesh, is also the substance of courage. There's another beautiful passage in the Bible. I think it perhaps is Paul. It says, perfect love casts out fear. Do you understand that? If you if you had perfect love. So, what is perfect love? Well, perfect love is a commitment to what is right, to want to do what is right in your heart to the point that you love principle. That's it. You love principle more than you love selfish advantage. You love principle. And what is principle but what is right? And what is right but God's will. You see? And so you love what is right. You love doing what's right. And you abhor, you don't like to be wrong. Now, none of us like to be wrong, but the problem is that we want to look right in front of other people. But when you really, really, really love what is right so much, that you don't care anymore what people think. You don't care what the consequences are. You just want to do what's right. You want to see justice prevail. You want to do right by the other person, with love. Remember the Dalai Lama? He said something so beautiful. The Dalai Lama said, help the people. And he said, if you can't help them, please don't hurt them. Isn't that beautiful? That's very, very, very nice. I like that, so you want to do what's right by people. You want to help them, but you've seen that in the past your help hasn't really helped people. Your condescending help, your smother love, only ruined your kids. It robbed them of there's the word it robbed them of substance, it robbed them of courage, it robbed them of independence. Now, do you see that your false love, your false concern, your meddling, all all you were was a temptation, and you ate their substance, metaphysically speaking, psychically speaking. They lost it. Or, what did you do, your meddling? You caused your children to rebel, so they rebelled against the likes of you but because they live in a world of compulsion. See, there's only freedom. Where Christ is, there is liberty. There's only freedom in Christ. There's only freedom in love. There's only freedom in on on the bright side and doing what's right. And when you step away from that, when you fall from principle to seek selfish advantage, see, when you fall from principle, then you fall into a realm of compulsivity. There's no freedom. So your kids, when they fell, and how did they fall? Through resenting you. How did you fall when you were a kid and a teenager and a young adult? How did you fall? It was through resentment. You resented your mom, you resented your dad, you resented other kids. Maybe you resented yourself, and when you resented, you fell from love. And when you fell from love, you fell into compulsivity. And from that moment on, everything you did was compulsive. All you could do was conform or rebel. All you could do was give in or run. And when you ran because of the guilt, you usually came back and gave in. Just like atoms and molecules. There's no freedom. They have to obey the laws of nature. Animals have no freedom. They either conform to the pressure and give in to it or they fight or they run see the switch can either be on or off it has no freedom but freedom is in why did you do what's right with all your heart and then when you move when you want to do what's right with all your heart and you don't know what the right is And you wait upon the lord how many times in the old testament does it tell us to wait upon the lord when instead of meddling instead of jumping to conclusions instead of rushing in instead of reaching for some answer on the outside from some expert from some book from some pill you wait upon the lord you wait until you do know what's right or what's fair or what's just see You wait, and then all of a sudden you know. And you don't even know how you know, but you know. And that knowing, see, upon that knowing, then you act. And you just do it. In other words, it's like you're walking down the street, and all of a sudden there's some construction, and there's some some of those yellow cones out, and there's a big hole in the sidewalk, okay? So you just walk around it. You don't have to go through any elaborate decision-making process. You don't have to talk to any experts. You don't have to struggle about and try to figure out what to do. You just walk around it. It's very simple. So, life becomes simple when you have faith, meaning you wait upon the Lord, and then all of a sudden, He answers, and you just know what to do. You know where to turn right or left, whether to say yes or no. You just move gracefully, simply, effortlessly, and the door opens, and you go through to safety, to success, to prosperity, to happiness. It's beautiful. And all of those things, the courage, the faith, the knowing, the prosperity, the safety, they become the substance of faith, the substance of courage, the substance of love now do you understand you don't have any love you don't have any freedom all you know is fear and anxiety and compulsion and guilt and confusion so may i recommend that you try you've tried it your way now how about trying it god's way get the little meditation that i have Go in your room, close the door, sit quietly and learn to meditate properly. And so may begin your discovery of the beautiful realm of good, the realm of God, the kingdom of God, from which you can then flow with love and with courage. And with faith, and life becomes simple, and life becomes good. Did you know that my most popular book is The Myths and Mysteries of Marriage, a spiritual and practical look at relationships? My favorite chapter is How to Forgive and Forget. The Myths and Mysteries of Marriage. Check it out at Amazon.com or SheddingShackles.com.
0: Are you experiencing stress, anxiety, or unhappiness? Do you feel weighed down by the past? Stay tuned for a special message from Roland Trujillo, host of the Shedding Shackles radio program. Welcome back to Shedding Shackles. Shedding Shackles is supported by contributions from listeners like you. To view our many free resources and make a contribution, visit SheddingShackles.com.
1: We're talking today about freedom and about courage. And I said that you have used up your substance. See, you're born a fallen creature. You can't help it we're all fallen creatures we're of the lineage of adam and eve remember adam fell he reached ambitiously see he reached with the energy of ambition for the glittering promises that were made and he stepped away from the kingdom of god and he fell into the order of nature which is compulsive but more than that he fell into a new spiritual dimension see freedom of choice people talk about choice freedom to choose. Well, choice is actually an allegiance thing. It's a loyalty thing. Ultimately, you serve a God, the God of heaven, or you serve the God who supports pride. And so all around you, you have fallen people, born of this lineage of Adam and Eve, and subject to wrong authorities. That's right. You're born subject, remember? There's no freedom left. So you're born into a world without freedom. A world, just look around, just look at the world. Look how people are enslaved. They're enslaved to governments. They're enslaved to each other through guilt and anger. They're enslaved to their substances, their food. They're enslaved to their marijuana, to their alcohol. They're enslaved to pleasure, to comfort. They're enslaved See, they're enslaved to other people. They're enslaved in so many ways. And that's just the way it is. See, when you fall away from God's law of liberty, then there's only compulsion. And I'll say it again. Atoms are not free. Molecules are not free. Animals are not free. Plants are not free. They have to obey the laws of nature. They're subject to their environment, and they can only do what they are compelled to do, by instinct or by external pressure to which they're sub- subject. And so, an animal can run, it can hide, or it can fight, but it's compulsive about those. They're not really choices in freedom. The animal has to do one of them. So, it's just like a switch. You turn it on or off. There's no free. The switch has no freedom. And so, likewise, that's like we're born into, and you can sense it as you get older. When you're a little child, yes, you taste of a little bit of the kingdom of heaven, a little bit. You are yet free and happy and carefree. But then as you go through life, people begin to pressure you, don't they? They pressure you to study, to conform, to concentrate, to focus, to be good, to do better, to get better grades, to be more popular to run faster for the coach and jump higher for the coach and to be ambitious and to, see what I mean, pressure. And at home there's pressure, emotional pressure of all kinds. And you go out into the world, you go to school, then there's what? Peer pressure. I was listening to the radio the other day and uh, I was listening to a certain preacher and he had a funny little joke. He said, they There was a woman who was 104 years old, and they asked her, what's the best part of being 104 years old? She said, there's no peer pressure. Well, you go to school nowadays or go out onto the, onto the sidewalk or to the playground, there's pressure and bullies and drug pressure and all kinds of pressure, isn't there? And so what, what do you do? You either conform, or you conform to the pressure, and then you escape into pleasure. You conform to the pressure, and then you escape into music. You conform to the pressure, and you escape into marijuana. See what I mean? There's no freedom. You escape from one, and you you fall into the clutches of someone else. You divorce your husband and marry someone else, and he's even worse. Or you divorce and say, well, I'm never going to get married again. Then you live with somebody, and it's even worse. Okay. So how are you going to find freedom? Well, you have to return to God's way. You have to have a change of heart about the way you're going right now. You have to see that the way you're going is is wrong. There's something wrong with it. And you have to see that you are a part of the dog eat dog pressure world. You pressure other people, you pressure your kids. You were pressured and you turn around and pressure them. And you know what? You're compulsive about it. You do unto others what was done to you. You do unto others what was done to you, and you struggle against it, but then you give in to it, and you do it anyway. You yell at your kids, then afterwards you feel guilty, and then you spoil them, and then after you spoil them, then they take advantage, and then you resent them, and then you pressure them again. Do you see, like to switch on or off, spoil or pressure, give in or run? There has to be more to life. There has to be a life of freedom And there is. It's a freedom when you re-find your creator. When you re-find your creator, and how do you do that? You do it within. You do it within. You get the little meditation, and you will discover that if you do the meditation properly, it's not compulsive. It's a free will exercise to sit quietly and submit to... God's inner light, what you know is right in your heart, to get out of your imagination, which is always planning and scheming, more selfish advantage, more selfish advantage. So you just stand back from it and watch it. And in God's light, you begin to discover a new way of living that doesn't require the emotion emotions of fear, emotions of anger, emotions of lust, or greed. It's a life of freedom. That's what you must discover, how to be free. And then you become a shining light, and you march to your own drummer. You become your own person. Don't you admire people that are, to some extent, their own person? Didn't you like Alfred E. Newman He thumbed his nose at authority? Of course you did. You like people that are free, and you want to be free, too. But not free just to rebel. You see, some people they, they wear odd clothes and color their hair in an odd way and do odd things. And what they're doing is rebelling against people who pressured them. But there's no freedom there either. There's a whole other order an order of freedom, of love, of patience. And you flow from that order. And then fear and anxiety and guilt become things of the past. There's a beautiful passage in the Bible, in the Gospel of John, I think, where he talks about the word made flesh. Well, faith made flesh is the substance of courage. And love made flesh is also the substance of courage. So don't be impatient to make things happen. Wait and watch. Because impatience is the energy of willfulness. Now do you see what Christ meant when he said of myself, I can undertake nothing, because he only wanted to do God's will. It's so beautiful. Remember when you were a little child, you weren't willful. Life was an adventure, a wonderful adventure, and you saw things and learned things and discovered things. And you moved uh, actually quite gracefully, because it wasn't pre-planned and contrived and phony and hypocritical and trying to make an impression on people. You must learn to become like that again, Christ said, unless you become like a little child, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. But now, not only will you move spontaneously, but now, you'll also move according to God's will. It's just beautiful. Are you interested in improving your relationship with your partner? Or how about improving your relationship with your kids if communication is not so good? Okay, and then how about getting rid of hurt feelings and misunderstandings and so on? Well, then you really ought to read one of my books about relationships and about marriage. One of the ones that I don't talk about a lot, I should talk about more, is my book called Putting the Forever Back in Love. Oh, what a wonderful book. It's, It's over 300 pages. Putting the Forever Back in Love. I talk about how to improve your relationship, what to do if your wife asks you to leave, how to forgive and forget, okay? How to stay married for a long time and live happily ever after. How to develop character and learn to bear suffering and grow from it, okay? And how to have understanding when you deal with other people, okay? And how not to judge your husband so much and how not to resent your wife. Well, may I recommend you get Putting the Forever Back in Love. Just visit SheddingShackles.com, or TalkToAPastor.org, and you can preview it for free. It's also on Amazon, putting the forever back in love. I think you'll really enjoy it. Yes, it really is a good book. I highly recommend you get it. You really have to have a thorough grounding in what it means to be a husband, a wife, a parent. And so it'll help you to put into practice some of the things that you learn on this program. But don't forget the meditation. It's extremely important. Remember, this is an infomercial. I'm only on once a week, so you've got to write down the web address and visit it so that you can benefit from the resources. Until next time, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, I'll see you then.
0: Bye-bye.